Aloha, welcome to this podcast for the 41st annual Hawaii International Film Festival presented by Halakalani. My name is Lee Ngo, and I am the program associate of the festival. My guest is Isaac Halasima, the filmmaker behind uh, Waterman, which had its world premiere at HIF this year. We'd like to extend our thanks to HEI, Bishop Museum, Consolidated Theaters, Nia Taro, uh, Nichols Film Fund, and Film Hawaii for sponsoring this film as part of multiple sections in our program, the Hilo Showcase, the Kauai Showcase, the Made in Hawaii Showcase, the Maui Showcase, and of course, being our opening night film. Isaac, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Really happy to have you here. And, you know, I had the privilege of watching Waterman myself and was uh, really uh, mystified by who the subject of your film is and the kind of legacy he left behind, especially uh, for uh, the Hawaiian Islands. And it makes perfect sense, of course. It goes without saying that this film is going to resonate very strongly uh, with HIF and with the Hawaiian community. So let's talk about your early motivations uh, of wanting to go into Duke's life, especially at this moment in time. Yeah, well, I mean, it, for me, it starts with the fact I'm Polynesian too. So it kind of yeah, sure. helps out, write it out a little bit. But it, it really, the connection started with my uncle who made the statue of Duke on uh, Waikiki Beach, you know, and that he's, he was someone that was near and dear to me. And he's someone that actually pressed me in the arts. And, mm -hmm. and most Polynesians might know that, you know, sports you're always encouraged to do, but arts, it's a little bit harder to push your way into, you know, and right, it's, right. it's, it, it's hard to find support. So he was my guy and, and he, uh, he, he always just told me to, to keep my eye on Duke. He, kept me, he gave me the story. He kept me following the story and everything on there. Um, the reason I exist is because of him. My mom went to live with him out here in Hawaii. And then that's where she ran into my dad, the immigrant. And uh, out came me. So, so when he died um, and my career had really started moving, it was right before he died, actually. He had suggested that I, I take a look at telling the story of Duke. He felt like I was being a Polynesian and being someone that knows the story as well as I did would be in a perfect place to tell it. And it's surprising that not very many people have told it. And there's, there's all sorts of hangups. It probably led to that. And so he, uh, that was what he threw out. And I didn't take it too seriously until I was at his funeral and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And so after that, it was full force, force forward. I remember sitting there with my cousin saying, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to tell this story somehow. It's, it's time, you know, it's what I was asked to do. Um, I think that's wonderful, and I think it's such a difficult thing to uh, go against the waves, so to speak, uh, when it comes to the kinds of uh, responsibilities that you're compelled to do, and especially when it comes to mm -hmm. filmmaking and storytelling. But um, I found that to be a common theme is some people, it's beyond just a desire or an interest. It's like, it's almost like this duty that you have to express this story, right? Yeah, kind of a, a kuleana, as I've learned. In a kuleana, a way. exactly. That's a good way yeah. to put it. Um, responsibility, as I've learned since I've hung around here. No, no time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't get, get out of here without learning about that. You know, exactly, that's, exactly. That's a very important word in Hawaii. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I, uh, this is a personal question I have, which I'm particularly fascinated when, and not to spoil, but your film uses a lot of reenactments of historical mm -hmm. events. And I think does them in a way that, uh, um, in my view, I mean, I wasn't alive during that time, of course, but seems to capture a certain uh, emotion or a certain narrative that was happening, um, especially to your subject at the time. Um, and yet I knew, you know, the, based on the way that uh, his life was lived, these scenes in particular were not uh, simple scenes. They were scenes where oh. uh, Duke experienced racism. He experienced uh, uh, just um, xenophobia, just being sort of a general pariah, and um, and and you know sometimes emotional and actual physical pain as well. And I wanted mm. to know about your own process of how to do, 
you go about deciding to do the scenes a certain way rather than representing it through film and, and archival things. And uh, what was your own overall filmmaking approach to these moments? Well, my, my thing is, is like, it's, it's kind of funny. It sounds kind of happy Gilmore-ish in a way where he was always saying he's a, he's a hockey player, not a golfer. And, and for me, I'm a, I, I, movies. I want to make movies. I love movies. You know, everything in my life is just, I revolve around movies. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm tired or sad, I turn on Big Trouble Little China and I'm a happy guy oh, again in, in no time. You know, it's like, that resonates so them. strongly to me. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, like uh, our artistic director, Anderson Lay, uh, you may or may not know, has a restaurant here, The Pig and the Lady, where if you go into the restroom, there's just like a shrine no. to Big Trouble in Little China. And it's what? for me. Oh, yeah. And, and that was one of the reasons why we're close friends and we bonded over big trouble in little china uh as a film that like most people think it's an insult to the asian american community but i'm like no you got to see through it it's it's yeah you got you got it's it's beyond that you know that movie and if you know the behind the scenes that movie is pure passion and and i don't want to get too sidetracked but what i will say is i always call that movie my coffee bean it's that and the way i put it is if you if you go to a perfume store they always have the coffee beans there and and they have you sniff them so that you can go to another smell and get a mm-hmm. clean palette. And that's what that movie is. It's a movie that I could care less what anybody says about it. I just mm-hmm. love it. Yep. And it puts me in a good mood. And it makes me a fan of movies. And, and anyway, getting back to Duke, that's what, that's what I want to make movies. And right. so I, I made a name for myself. Yeah, I lived with Imagine Dragons on a big, a huge documentary I did for them that played all over. It actually played in theaters too. Mm-hmm. And, and some other things, but I, movies were always the goal. When I did my music videos, it was obvious cinematic. And so when I, when I met up with the guys that would eventually bite on this one, uh, the Sidewinder Films guys, they're my homies. I got to give them a shout out. They, uh, they're a nonprofit, which also makes it even better that I could tell Hawaiians we're not, we're not here to make money. We're here to tell a story. But mm-hmm. I pitched, I'm like, I want this cinematic. And I said, the, the thing about Duke is he has these certain events I feel are extremely cinematic events that are also important for the story that you can't just show old film and really get what Duke felt in that. But, but, but you, you, you need to like, get into it. And me, you know, I have my little secrets in it. You know, I, can, I got a little few out of you. You know, I like, I like hiding Easter eggs. You know, it's, it's the, the funnest part of filmmakers. Mm-hmm. So anyone that ever watches Waterman, like take for instance, the AAU race, I made sure we shot that at the Honolulu Harbor where Duke did that. And, and everyone thought I was crazy for asking for it because the water is disgusting. It's pretty gross. And we had to, it was, as soon as they hit that water and all the gross Health stuff Health concerns came be damned. Like you've got to do, yeah. art needs oh, such a yeah. sacrifice. Oh, yeah. well, and to my crew and everybody's like, you know, to their, they were awesome. Cause they're just like, I was like for Duke, they're like for Duke. And they all just had for it, you know? <laughs> but it was like, uh, but when we do that scene, it's what it was in the actual part, but I also, I wanted to be the scene itself to be exactly the time he, he did the race at that time. And so that's what it is. When he gets underwater, you see a little flash frame. And if you're able to pause it, which you can't yet, you'd have to wait till you're home. There's actually a little bit of a start here hidden very deep inside of it. And that's the beginning. And then at the end when it flash frames to the photo is the exact 55 point, I can't remember what seconds that Duke swam that in. And I, and the reason why I put that in there is because I felt like the more it's, it's, Honestly, it's very common with the Hawaiian language. There, there's layers inside of what you're what you're saying, inside of what you're inside of what you're hearing. And so, I wanted to just put layers and layers and layers of of visual artistic things and, and all that, all inside of what we saw when we saw Duke. And and so that's what it was. The whole aim was for you know my, I won't lie. Like growing up as a kid, Duke to me was Superman. And so it was whenever I saw Superman in my head, he was also Duke. And so. Wow. 
So for my personal taste, and this is again, my other secret is when my DP and I beat the snot out of my poor DP, but he was awesome. But mm-hmm. I was like, study everything you can about Man of Steel, that movie, because we're going to be shooting like that whenever we see Duke. I was like, when he comes at camera, I want him flying. And when he comes at, you know, I want him to look like the superhero he is because we're also going to show some very vulnerable moments. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure we see him as strong as we can make him visually. And then also make him, you know, in his weakest points. So the audience really feels the ups and downs, like the rescue scene, right. you know, and those. And so, so yeah, it's, it's taking those scenes on. It just allowed me to do a whole lot more than just, you know, and this is what happened. Like the regular history channel doc, it was like, no, I want the audience just to feel something really. So the audience is almost like, I feel like I was watching a movie. Right. It just happened to be a doc. You know? Right. <laughs> that's Absolutely. What... And that's, that's great. And I think that clearly shows at least uh you know, you're taking an opportunity to insert your own creative license into these kinds of things. Yeah. And um, if I may say so, not to be sycophantic, but like that's how Duke comes off as well. Duke comes off as this incredible superhuman person, but like Superman is also just uh, wonderfully positive and just has mm-hmm. and doesn't let. I mean, for me, the, the aspects of your film that resonated a lot to me were the ones where he's treated like such an oddity, like a freak almost among so many mm-hmm. communities. And the one scene in Pittsburgh, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, oh, I, I, wow. that's, let me correct, I didn't grow up in Pittsburgh. I only lived a couple of years in Pittsburgh as an adult. That's totally different. But, but still, I mean, you, but, you, you, got, know, you got some Pittsburgh, yeah. But in a way to be uh, you know, from like the Asian Pacific Rim or something like that, just mm-hmm. in that kind of community and seen a certain way, uh, there was so much about that experience alone that spoke very loudly to me. And, uh, it was it was interesting to see uh, you know who the act- the actor you chose I think was very much a uh, a perfect representation of that uh, larger than life stature that yeah. you wanted to convey throughout. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you a difficult question. I have no idea how you're going to answer this, but um, I I usually do because it's fascinating when I talk to documentarians. But um, it's always about the choices you have to make in terms of what aspects of this story that you did want to or did not want to tell or could want to, could could tell but did chose not to or actually could not uh, do that's a really convoluted way to talk about you know perhaps obstacles and roadblocks when it comes to uh making a documentary like this um you know what ended up either on the cutting room floor or maybe didn't even get shot uh, uh are there aspects of that that you're willing to share right now yeah well you know there's this i mean there's an entire scene we had to cut out that breaks my heart um that we that was shot uh we we recreated duke's longest ride um, the, the long ride, the, the legendary ride. And the way Fred Hemmings tells that story is just so poetic. It's very, he tells it pretty much the same every time, you know, so, cause I've heard of, I've seen videos of him telling it again, again. So I would tell anybody that gets a chance to go to Fred and ask him to tell that story because it's, it's fantastic the way it's very poetic. And it, and it says a lot about Duke is, 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 and how he was as a, as he was just so bigger than life doing something incredible. And then when he ends, he just, rides the board onto the beach after like five minutes and a mile and a half and just picks it up and walks off. And it's just like, you just, you just did this thing, dude. You know And it's right, like, right, right. that's one of them, you know, definitely. Yeah. But there's, there's other points where it's, you know, obviously I'd say today there's, there's a lot of political just fire and, and stuff going on nowadays. Mm-hmm. And so what I was very careful to do on this one was to stick to the points of Duke that were the way Duke would see it. And it was a lot, it was really hard for some people that like, oh, you should attack this aspect, you know, let's let's see it racism. I'm like, no, let's see racism through Duke's eyes. Let's not see it through the way everyone wants us to pump it up and get everyone jacked up and all this. I'm like, let's let's go with 
what did Duke see? And so it was really hard for a lot of people around. They're like, oh, put in the trailers, you know, how he dealt with racism. And I'm like, the problem is, is it was just like, it was just like waves around him to Duke. It wasn't the thing he was focused on. And then when he did deal with people head on, he dealt with them as if you are an individual, you're not a representation of a people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it, most Polynesians, at least the way I was raised, I know for sure, it's, you know, color was like family. That's all it was. It wasn't anything else. And I could tell that you study enough of Duke and you can see that's exactly what he saw. It's like, that's your last name. That's not, that's not everybody, you know? And, and even in family, it's like, everyone knows everyone in the family's different. So there's, there's little aspects of this one where, like take for instance, uh, Duke was a Republican, you know, people don't want to talk about that, you know? And, sure. and, and even though he was the sheriff revoted, but he was the kind of guy that everyone would be like, oh, screw it, whatever you are. Yeah, you're Duke, you're, you right, know? Right. You know, but, you know, that could charge up all those people that want to see what he was. And I was like, no, let's not go into this. Let's just go into the person he was. Because to him, political party, race, all those things, all that mattered was the person. Mm -hmm. And so it did force us to, like, just, I wouldn't say, like, get rid of things, but really just narrow in the trail we're going to drive with Duke. And, and And then for me, I drew out, I mean, the board of my house is hilarious, but it was just all of his story points. And, and it was amazing to me because I like to draw it in, in an actual arc sometimes, especially with documentaries, just to see if I got an arc in there. And he had a natural hero story, like a, a hero's journey. Right. And, and, and so it was like, okay, if we keep it narrowed to the important parts that won't get people stuck in things all over the place, mm-hmm. then we're going to get it. You know, the, and I'd say the other biggest one that was a, a tough one to do was you can't tell the story of Duke without the history of Hawaii. And so, and, and knowing that this is going to hit the main part of America, especially pretty hard. I was like, they need to know what happened. And so we got to make sure we do this. So that's why that first three minutes, is just a hard pounding 3000 years of Hawaiian history. And, and it, it felt good. It felt like it got us what we needed to do. So that the audience saw Duke is coming from an unbelievable place of you were at the lowest of lows for your people and you're going to lift them from here. So, yeah. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that because they're so uh, these are you are making political choices in, in your own right by yeah. instead of making it, you know, a question about his own personal politics. Uh, and I think that's a good choice, in my opinion. I mean, that's maybe bold for me to say, but I find that we are in a time now, especially where by knowing just the label that uh, Duke mm-hmm. might have carried with him, uh, a lot more you could be understood or misunderstood about him. And I think that would have taken away from the story. I think that's most compelling. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it, it affected right. the way he was treated back then, too. And that's what sucks, sure. you know, sure. and and there's ways to dive into that because, I mean, it, it goes both ways on every political party everywhere. It's right. just what I hate is politics is turned into almost a religion to people. And it's like yeah. you, it shouldn't yeah. be that way. It should be the person first and then let's figure out the rest later. You know, Absolutely. it's it's that's Absolutely. and and that's what Duke was all about. Yeah, I'd say my second point to that is um, that it is a political decision in a sense to uh have duke's journey as a allegory for the journey of hawaii and 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 the context is so critical i mean he's like right. mr hawaii in a lot of ways uh in his own in his own way and i uh and i think that's fine and and i don't i think that is your choice and at the same time it's the right choice because uh so much of that particularity about his experience uh has to do with that and and what he meant to the community here so um well, thank again. I just want to thank you for uh, explaining a little bit more about like yeah, this is hard because there mm-hmm. are so many aspects to a lot of people's lives that are wild facts. Um, 
they are difficult when it comes to maybe how you want him to be seen um mm -hmm. and if other people were to might have a different perspective but i think you know especially given the legacy that he's left behind you know i think it's it's the, probably the most uh respectful treatment that you can provide right oh thanks you know honestly it is the big word because it is i mean that you know <laughs> and sorry not to go too long but it's like uh he it's the last thing he would ever want someone to be stuck on when they talk Duke, you can tell, you know, for him, he was, it was literally Aloha. He's like, I mean, you know, the aspects of Aloha where it's literally giving part of yourself to another mm -hmm. then political, all that stuff better be thrown out the window because right. that, that's the only way you can do that. And you know, the, the funny, the other thing that was hard on this one too, is actually not destroying the legend mm -hmm. where there's so many people, so many cool stories that they have about Duke. And yet, you know, you, when you start diving in deep, you start wondering, oh, which one of those cool stories are going to ruin? Ironically, I was I was surprised by how many were actually true. Like, I could not believe, like, the fact that he beat his first world record when he was 42 years old is psychotic to me. You know, right, that he's right, faster right. as a 40-year-old than he was as a 20-year-old. Right. And just things like that. But, but I also want, because I want people to still be able to tell their stories, you know, mm -hmm. be able to, this is supposed to just catapult people into going like, oh yeah, you saw Duke. Oh, I knew him when he was this. And then they tell mm -hmm. their story. You know, that's how Duke comes alive again is when everyone gets to tell their stories. Everybody in Hawaii has a Duke story. Right. And so it's like, let them tell them again. So that, that was the scary part for me because I, I don't want to hurt their stories. I want them to tell, even when they know it's not true. I want them to be able to tell it, you know? Well, I mean, and, and like the myths and the legends are part of that in their own way. Yeah. Of course, uh, it might be your work as a documentarian to decipher, which is, um, what is the man and what is the myth? And perhaps both of them are, right? Uh, and perhaps, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, like uh, it really depends on what people want to extract from this. And for me, I came into this knowing absolutely nothing about um, about Duke and came oh, away awesome. from it. Um, it came away from it just like, wow. So for a moment beyond my before my time, there was actually like a, a literal Aquaman, right? Like, yeah. And, and of course, yeah. I, it, it is worth noting that you got Aquaman to <laughs> yeah. tell the story of Waterman, and it's I just so think, funny. Yeah. There's just little like I love like just beautiful poetic, like uh, call it poetic justice, or just like uh, when these things come together in a certain way, you know that there's something special here. Yeah. Um, and Jason was awesome too, course, man. I mean, yeah. yeah when is he not you know that's the whole yeah thing him, right <laughs> well and, and, and as, a, as a human being it's like you know all those keanu reeves stories he's gonna have millions of those coming around too because sure. he's he's legitimately a great person so mm -hmm. i'm just i'm i'm excited to see him succeed yeah, yeah, so. and, i mean just say i'll just say i'm a huge duke fan and i'm glad that uh duke did his role right but I, that's yeah. another again <laughs> you you were so much fun we, we can get in so many tensions um <laughs> so i'm actually done with at least the questions i scheduled to speak with you on i want to give you a chance to do any shameless plugs or shout outs or if you want to once again plug uh, waterman you're welcome to as well the floor is yours isaac yeah well you know i, I do i gotta go out you know big time for david and steven my producers went out on this they really did half they trusted me a lot on this and they and they also saw when i was deep diving deep into the fact that i was i was learning about my own culture while i was doing this in parts and and it was like it's turning into a life-changing event and rather than them try to help me shape things and change things they, they said you know what dude just go go do it do it the way you're going mm -hmm. fill things out the way you're filling them so so yeah I, that's probably the biggest plug i give it i've everybody that can watch it I, I hope they do and i hope they get to feel that spirit of aloha in, in the end that's why it's the last thing you see on the screen. That's why the, last, the most important thing you see on the screen. I think Duke was as powerful as he was because he chose who he was going to be. 
And there's this weird thing in society today where a lot of people feel like they almost have to be dubbed to be something. It's like, oh, you represent this, you represent that. No, you choose. You choose what you are. And Duke chose to be Hawaii and Aloha. And that's how he became what he was. And so it's, 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 uh, that's the message I hope that somehow resonates. I think the world needs Duke more than ever now. And we don't get him in real life, but maybe the legend's important, you know? I'm sorry. It's just that you're, I swear I heard that in a Superman film. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. Like, I know. I know where you're going with this, but at yeah. the same time, uh, there's such amazing conviction when it comes to Duke. And I mean, yeah. and I'm most impressed by people who very early on decided the kind of person they want to be in the world. Um, at the same time, struggling with that and, uh, yeah. and questioning that and, uh, and just finding the strength wherever he could. But um, I believe that your film definitely expresses that. And if there any, is any great tribute to this incredible person, uh, this film is doing a lot of justice to that as well. Oh, thanks, man. And everybody in the world, watch Big Trouble in Little China. It's freaking yeah, amazing. I mean, like, come on. after you watch Waterman. And then yeah, after watch Big, Waterman. Yeah, then definitely. watch Big Trouble in Little China and then <laughs> compare the two and see if there's yeah, any. Like, you, you'll just find you're, you're in a really good mood. You don't know why. That's what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, you'll be trying to quote Jack all the time. And yeah, it'll be great. No, it's funny. I just, but Wang's the real hero. Wang. He is, dude. Wang does and, everything. Jack doesn't this, do anything. He literally passes out twice in certain fights. I mean, the guy is like, you know. No, I've uh, seen that movie once a week ever since wow. 2006. So I am. Um, so, so I, I'm a protect practitioner of Lunar New Year, aka Chinese New Year. And when I would throw a party, I would leave it on the screen in the background. <laughs> And especially my non-Chinese friends or what have you would look yeah. at it and be like, they, and that discomfort of it, should I enjoy this? Should I not enjoy this? Is this racist? Is it not? <laughs> and I'm just in the corner like, whatever you're feeling is exactly right to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I love about it too is Carpenter, he leaned on the Chinese people there. He's yeah. like, so what is legit? What do I do? What do I do to not? So it's like everyone there had a part in everything you see. And it's, right. it's yeah. At so the I same it. time, it's like at some point, <laughs> yeah, you oh, cannot yeah. take this that seriously, oh, and yeah. we're just going to create our own lore here. Like, there's nothing there that people should bring to a historian and be like, "Yeah, no, so low no. pan." I'm like, the Chang Sings, I've been brawling with the Wing Kongs this whole time. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, Anywho, dude, yeah, oh, yeah, gosh, I, I, I'm sad. We should have done this. Yeah. If we did this remotely, I think it would have gone for like five hey, hours. Well, just so you know, you know, if you ever talk to Taika Waititi, he's on board with us on this. You know, that's. If oh, you look you at if you look at Thor Ragnarok, he, oh, he literally have. based a lot of it off of what he remembers from Big Trouble Little China. So yeah, <laughs> that movie. When it comes to the the Pacific Islands and the Asian mm -hmm. side, we mm -hmm. all we're all on board. So we oh, get it. Yeah, I, it was. Um, of I mean, when I saw that film, it resonated with me so much. Um, and I'm Chinese Vietnamese, but there was just a lot there that yeah. got it. So. Um, that's awesome. Oh, we can go on and on. We, okay. Yeah, we can. I, I should wrap up, though. So uh, right. I want to thank our guest, Isaac Halasima, the filmmaker behind Waterman, for being on our show. Uh, we hope you enjoy the remainder of the film festival while you're here. And uh, we encourage other people listening to this to do the same as well. And I want to thank you all for listening to this. This has been a podcast for the 41st Hawaii International Film Festival presented by Halakalani. A special shout out to the After Bruce team for their support. You can learn more about them by visiting afterbruce.com. Also, a shout out to Box Jelly in Honolulu for providing us a space to record. My name is Lee Ngo, and for all of you out there listening to this on behalf of Hif, Aloha, and Mahalo. Mahalo. Mm -hmm.